Good morning, Mendocino County and beyond. Coming up is Wild Oak Living. Today we're going to be talking about uh, uh, a book binding uh, initiative here in in um, uh, or actually a book well letter a letter press an, an artist in, initiative that focuses on letter presses and um, and um, and the art of making books uh, and and then in the second half uh, of the program we're going to be talking about the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund so stay tuned for all of that coming right up. Good morning, Mendocino County and beyond. This is Johanna Wild Oak, and you are tuned to Wild Oak Living. I bring you this program every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. The program is all about living sustainably and building community in Mendocino County and beyond. And I want to take this opportunity before we get into our program today to just uh, reiterate in general the message that I try to put out Every year around this, especially around this time of the year, but it really applies all year long. Let's support our local businesses. Let's focus our gift giving on, on the, the work and the, and the art and all the wonderful things that are produced or offered for sale here in Mendocino County by local stores, by people who make their living here locally and who, who, who channel their income that we provide to them back into our community. I just want to encourage everyone. There are so many po possibilities. Uh, local stores. Uh, we just heard about the farmer's market. There are, um, f for example, the Mendo Lake Food Hub is offering gift baskets. Uh, there are just so many ways, uh, you know, that, that you can uh, buy things from local purveyors, local farmers, and local business people that will make wonderful gifts for the holidays for those that you love. That's my first public service announcement. And my other public service announcement, just quickly, is um, I... What I just came from uh, a, a local business uh, and had several encounters in just the span of about five minutes with people who wore their masks halfway down their faces. And I just, you know, want to remind you, even for selfish reasons, if your nose is exposed, your mask is not working. Okay, so um, even just to protect yourself, if you're not, if you're not going to cover your nose, that's, <laughs> in my opinion, in my personal opinion, I'm not a medical expert, but in my personal opinion, that's almost as like not wearing a mask at all because you breathe in through your nose and you breathe out through your nose, and that's where the second part comes in. It means it means if if I'm not covering my nose, I'm putting others at risk. So, especially with Omicron now really making its inroads into our county. Uh, and into our country, it's really, really important to remember to wear the right kind of mask and to wear it properly, please, for you and for others. Thank you so much. Now, I would like to let you know what's coming up in the program today, and we're going to go get right into it. Today, we're going to be talking with, I'm going to be talking, I, the royal we, <laughs> are going to be talking with Zita Borsich, Borsich, Judith Detrick, Felicia Rice, and Teresa Whitehill about Book Arts Mendocino, which is a wonderful um, art, and I would say art, connecting artists project here in Mendocino County. And then uh, in about half an hour, we're going to be joined by Juliana Sanchez, 
Uh, and we're going to be talking about the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund and the work that they are doing to help support families, children and families. So now let, let's get right into it. Uh, I would like to welcome, as I said, um, Zita Borsich, Judith Detrick, Felicia Rice, and Teresa Whitehill. We're all here on our Zoom call together. Welcome to Wild Oak Living, and thanks for joining us today. Um, I'm not quite sure how you arranged who wants to go first, but let's talk a bit about what is BAM and how did it come about. Oh, hold, hold on for a second. I need to, I need to put up your audio. Now we can hear you. Okay. Okay, yeah, let me join in. Uh, this is Felicia Reist. I just uh, moved to the Mendocino Coast after a 50-year absence. I am a Mendo High grad. Um, after losing my home and my letterpress studio in the Santa Cruz Mountains to the big fires in August of 2020. Um, when I arrived, I was already working with Teresa on a major book project, but um, Zita and Teresa really took me under their wing, and Zita published a beautiful article in September in her uh, real estate magazine, REM magazine, about um, about the work of the three of us and about my story. And the article was called Three Letterpress Pinner Printers Walk Into a Shed. Well, it was, you know, the beginning of a joke, but it was actually the beginning of this cascade of events that um, next step was Partners Gallery, beautiful 22-year collective uh, gallery in, now in downtown Mendocino um, invited us to do a show, which we titled Three Letterpress Printers Walk Into a Shed. And so January 6th, the three of us, work, our work will go up in the gallery. But when we were sitting down with the partners and talking about, well, what, what about this show? Um, it came up that it would be great to invite the community to participate in the form of displays of books on book arts. So this is the art of the book, um, anything related to making books or their content, writing, artwork, um, artist books. And uh, so the, the bookstores jumped in and, and are having displays of books about bookmaking, calligraphy, handbook binding. Um, and then... Uh, the uh, other galleries and the Mendocino Arts Center and pretty soon the community libraries. And we're talking with uh, folks at uh, the Mendocino Trail Stewards, uh, publishers around uh, the area, uh, Kelly House Museum, writers, poets are all, all participating. Um, so this is BAM and it takes place a series of events, which we are publicizing through our um, Facebook event page. Um, that take place in January and February. So there's lots of time and lots of opportunities to see the work of folks. And uh, finally, I just want to say that, you know, in this time of COVID, this is really the bookmaking community uh, stepping, stepping up, stepping out and saying, we can live during COVID. We can uh, come together, we can find one another, um, we can visit one another's studios safely, uh, we can, um, and 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 to demonstrate to the community and and invite the community to to participate. And do you want to talk a bit about you know for for those for those of us who who don't know too much about you know how how books are made or were made and are made and about letterpress? And I know Judy, you're going to be talking about calligraphy in 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 a bit. But uh, I don't know you know, who who wants to take a turn on that, but just, just educate us a bit on the whole process. It it sounds like um 
there there are are, are uh, people who who make the the form that the art goes into as well as people who provide the content for the form are are involved in this project and so i'm wondering if you want to talk a bit about you know the process of actually creating the form that's exactly true this is zeta and um uh yes yeah, so bam book arts mendocino exclamation point <laughs> yes <laughs> um just it just grew out of this story that i ran in my magazine real estate magazine and um the, there were three pieces one by Teresa, one by felicia and one by me i thought i would just read the part where i describe what letterpress is yeah okay um so text is put onto paper by a number of different methods from your house inkjet to digital printers to screen printers, offset machines, flexographic presses, and so on. Lots of ways to lay ink on a sheet of paper. Letterpress printing is something else again. History gives credit to Johann Gutenberg, who it said created it in the mid 1400s, but there are examples of ceramic type from China from 1040 AD or so. So Gutenberg was possibly a late bloomer. Hmm. That's not to say that he didn't revolutionize the world by developing the ability to make multiple copies of printed works using movable type, beginning with 180 copies of the Gutenberg Bible, which took more than 20 years to produce. Every word was set by hand, one letter at a time, using the lead type Gutenberg had founded using his expertise as a jeweler to get the precision exhibited in this opus that was seemingly born full-grown. Um, in this form of printing, letterpress, the text and images are raised surfaces that are pressed down into the paper. So with letterpress, you see an indentation in the sheet, the little shadow surrounding each bit, each image, each letter. It's called relief printing. You may or may not have encountered this type of printing in your everyday life. Maybe maybe you got a wedding invitation with a telltale impression, but almost always when it is encountered, there's this reaction of, wow, why does it look like this? Lots of old books are printed by letterpress, and if you run your finger over the type, you will feel the indent, the tactile proof of the word's existence. And may I just say, it's usually incredibly beautiful, this kind of printing, but I digress. So all three, all four of us on with you today, Johanna, are, uh, are letterpress printers, among, among other things. And that involves, uh, as, uh, by the way, I want to just mention that if you want to get a detailed uh, account of how BAM came about and also a detailed description of the, the letterpress process uh, 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 and the history a bit, uh, you could go back to the archives here on KZYX and listen to an interview that um, Blake Moore did a couple of weeks ago with the group of uh, women that I'm talking to right now, the the uh, BAM artists. Um, and um, let's see, that would have been. Do you remember the date of that so that people can look for it by date? Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. Uh, 
December 2nd. December 2nd. So if you go back to, in, if you go to jukebox.kzwax.org, go to December, scroll down to the December 2nd programs and look for the program Be More Now. That would have been at 7 p.m. at, uh, on, uh, December 2nd. And you can listen to that archived program. It's a really great interview and there's lots of information about this process. Um, today we're going to sort of cover the highlights of that, but if you want more details, I, cur- I highly recommend listening to that one-hour program. Um, Joanna, yeah. I'd also like to insert that if people missed the the story, three-letter press printers walk into a shed in Real Estate Magazine, it is available online mm-hmm. at um, com, and look for the September issue. Great. Great. Okay, so two sources of of more in depth information. My main interest today is is to um, let people, you know, more people know about you and about your group and about the opportunities for artists to engage in the group as well as for the public to to look at the events that you have coming up. So that's that's my primary goal. But if you want to learn more about the details of the process, then you can go to realestate.com. Is it dot com? Yes, real estate. Real estate Mendocino. RealEstateMendocino.com or go to Jukebox. Click, click on current, current and past issues button and you'll find all of, uh, a lot of our, all of our stories for the last 12 years. Or go to Juke, and or <laughs> go to Jukebox.KZYX.org and go back to December 2nd and look for the program at 7 p.m. The interview by Blake Moore <laughs> with, uh, with the BAM artists here in the, in the, in the virtual room today. Um, I, it's interesting, um, you know, I came in, I've been in, in the computer industry for a long time, uh, more in various incarnations, but my first engagement was, was to work with people who were, um, who were transferring the, uh, the lead typeset, uh, newspapers to digital, to digital formatting and digital printing. That was my early, my earliest, that was in the late seventies. And so, I, and then, and then I worked in, in, in developing, uh, text formatting programs that, that were like the early, you know, the early word, uh, that kind of thing, uh, long before Microsoft ever appeared on the picture. Um, but the reason I'm saying that is because it gave me an appreciation for, um, the idea that, um, and then this is something a lot of people who've grown up in the digital age don't appreciate. And that is that, um, before, before there were was all this digital printing where you push a button and a piece of paper comes out of a printer on your desk you know there there were as you described you know the the lead type printing and before that the only people that had access to books was was were people who got a handwritten copy uh from somebody who knew how to do that and so uh, i'm i'm wondering if you can talk a bit about um you know the whole i would call it democratization of access to books um that that came about you know when 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 letter when yeah when letterpress and when type uh, was invented um i i can't speak to that cuz i think we all lived through this um technological revolution in the world of uh printing and and type setting and design and um, we saw uh, the rise of the use of digital. But prior to that, like you say, in the 70s, there was a conversion um, that had started uh, maybe around the Second World War of um, taking removing the old uh, relief printing letter presses from 
big business, um, particularly, I'm thinking of newspapers, yes. that kind of thing, and where type had been set by out of hot lead, composed by a, a, a room full of compositors every day, um, it became a uh, typesetting um, s- system that created negatives, and the negatives were used to create relief plates for the newspapers. So you saw this transition from um, hot type, they called it, you would hear that term, hot type, lead type, molten type, to cold type, which was a photographic process, and yet the presses continued to remain the same. They could fill a whole city block. It was a, it was a major thing to convert to a new kind of system, and it took time, but eventually... Um, when we were starting as young women in this field, uh, already uh, the the photographic methods, offset photolithography, had taken over from letterpress, and that's why I was able, and maybe Zita and and Teresa and um, Judy were able to get our presses for next to nothing because they were being junked. Our the old letterpresses were being thrown out, and uh, we were able to get them for a song and get started and help to uh, sustain um, this craft that would uh, was being um, moved out of the uh, out of a commerce but into the fine arts which often happens into the fine arts and uh, specialty printing so um, yeah that that's actually where my, my question was leading is is you know it takes took it out of the commercial realm and 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 put it in the hands of people like you who are using it to make art <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you took us there because um, I'm wondering maybe Teresa you could talk a bit about about this process the artistic aspects of that process or how, whatever you want to share about this topic well, we, uh, um, the four of us have all come to letterpress from different points of view. Felicia is a a publisher, designer, artist. Um, Zita has done commercial job printing, so she's been printing business cards and letterhead. And in this day when uh, most most commercial job work is done offset or digital, it's very distinctive to have your calling cards, business cards, printed letterpress. So it's become really cachet to have fine letterpress stationery. And um, I've, I, um, my particular venue, I've never published books with my letterpress. I've devoted my letterpress work mostly to what I call broadsides, which is a single sheet of paper rather than a paper folded and bound into a book. So it's, I find it interesting, the variety of, of work that we've all done over the years. And it, it crosses over into art and into and then and obviously it takes craft. Um, so we're all deeply embedded in various aspects of craft. And um, now rounding the corner to book arts or artist books, there is uh, both terms kind of mean slightly different things. But it's this love, it's this passion about all the different crafts that make up fine press uh, publishing whether you're a poet, an author whose work is being printed, whether you're a bookbinder, papermaker, letterpress printer. Um, and there's beautiful fine press work done on offset as well, but letterpress just happens to be the it thing for limited edition publishing. 
And, and speaking, speaking of, you know, many things going, going into the bookmaking process, into the letterpress process, uh, Judy Detrick, you are joining us to talk about, um, your, your engagement in this, uh, in this BAM, uh, uh, project, uh, and, and your, your, your specialty is, I, I understand is calligraphy. Can you talk a bit about that and, and its role in creating a book? That's true. I am primarily a calligrapher. And in a couple of different ways, calligraphy is the original book art. Before there was type, there was only calligraphy, as you mentioned earlier in the program. Can you describe calligraphy for us? uh, Calligraphy is writing, handwriting. And when it's well done, it's beautiful. So the word calligraphy means beautiful, beautiful writing. And you're using, what kind of tools Um, do you use? uh, The kinds of tools that we use are quills, reeds, metal pens, bamboo pens, brushes. You can write with a twig. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I would like to also say um, how it dovetails into letterpress and other kinds of printing um, for book arts there is not a scrap of type that exists that was not first designed by someone by hand many times if we're lucky that person is a calligrapher with a deep understanding of what makes good letter forms or what makes interesting letter forms so it's been involved in book arts for a very long time another thing that i have learned over the years is that only in making a book Can you address all of the challenges of your craft, whether it's letterpress, whether it's calligraphy, whether it's bookbinding? And I came to bookbinding because there were no bookbinders that I could find uh, locally. So I learned to do it myself. And now I teach both calligraphy and bookbinding locally and internationally. And um, where do you teach locally? Anyone? There is a meeting every Thursday afternoon from 1.30 to 3.30 at Pacific Textile Arts in Fort Bragg. And um, we are called the Mendocino Calligraphy Study Group. It's open to beginners or seasoned calligraphers or anyone who is interested in pursuing knowledge of the letter form or practicing. And for bookbinding, I can be contacted on my, my number's in the phone book, Judy Dietrich, 964-9276. And uh, there is a yearly, week-long workshop at Jackie Wallenberg's Hen House Studio, where we bind books all day, every day, for one week. It's a lot of fun. There are all these treasures in our county that... <laughs> That, that we don't know about and that we discover sort of, you know, by, by serendipity, by talking to people, wonderful people who make wonderful art like you. That's great. Um, I want to uh, um, um, invite you, all of you to talk a bit about, um, whoever wants to take a turn on that, talk about what's coming up. You mentioned shows in January and February, and I also remember you talking on the, sh- on the program that you did with uh, with Blake Moore. Um, there, 
you know, the process by which artists who are interested in participating in this project can um, can can participate. Teresa, you raised your hand. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, if you want to see a full list of all the participating organizations in BAM Book Arts Mendocino, you can go to tinyurl.com forward slash BAM hyphen 2022. Um, you can also, that should take you to our Facebook events page. You can also, if you are on Facebook, you can go to Facebook and search for Book Arts Mendocino BAM. Um, for those off of Facebook, um, uh, the resources that are on Blake's show and that will be on Johanna's show will point you to email addresses for us so you can contact us. So just a quick outreach for anyone in the community interested in joining in. Um, this is a very interesting, very Mendocino-style um, festival. It's what we call self-organized. Nobody's in charge. So if an artist, an author, a poet, a bookbinder, a papermaker wishes to do something or a store, an organization, um, you can simply uh, put together your own event uh, so you can send an email to me, poetry at coloredhorse.com, and we will list your event, exhibit, tour, talk on our Facebook events page. So the types of organizations that are involved, I'll just give you a quick highlight. Um, obviously, Partners Gallery, where our exhibit will be January and February, uh, Judy's Mendocino Calligraphy Study Group will have an exhibit at Pacific Textile Arts in Fort Bragg um, the month of February with an opening on February 4th. We've also got Highlight Gallery, the Artist Co-op of Mendocino, the Mendocino Arts Center, uh, Creekwood Studios, Gallery Bookshop, Kelly House, Hen House Bookbinders, Winsong Books, the Bookstore in Fort Bragg. Brainmill Artworks, Triangle Tattoo and Museum, Writers of the Mendocino Post will be having a virtual gathering. There will be at least three or four Mendocino Poet open mics. Uh, there will be a Publishers Roundtable that's being put together by Cindy Frank of Cypress House. You could go to cypresshouse.com for more info on that. And KZYX is also participating um, as uh, Johanna and be more and the Be More Now program that Blake did. So there you go. Great. Uh, so we've, we're almost at the end of our segment, but I did want to give you an opportunity to share anything else that you would like to get out that I haven't asked you about. Uh, so this would be a great opportunity to do that. Who wants to? Who wants to share anything? Maybe it reiterates some email contact addresses again so people can get in touch. I know you offered Teresa. So my email address, again, for Teresa Whitehill, is poetry at coloredhorse.com. You can reach Felicia at frice at movingpartspress.com. You can reach Zeta at, so her email address is Zeta, numeral one, at sbcglobal.net. And our Facebook events page, again, is tinyurl.com forward slash BAM hyphen 2022. And look for our beautiful posters. Um, our partners posters, letterpress printed by three 
printers in a shed, and uh, beautiful BAM posters all designed by Zita Borsich and black and red, and um, you'll see them all over our communities uh, and with all the events listed. And so if you don't have uh, internet, you can find them on our posters. And I just want to also say that, uh, you know, underscore that, uh, you know, all of you are, are, are doing this as, as art projects, but, uh, but I, I'm assuming that all of you are also involved in this process in some way to make a living and that, you know, you're doing beautiful, uh, artwork like, like, like books, like cards, like invitations. Like I, I just want to talk about, you know, a, a little bit about that because, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great to do art, but artists also have to make a living. So I'm just wondering if, um, you know, if, if any of you want to talk about that a bit. Teresa will have broadsides available for sale at the Partners Gallery show. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really not doing a lot of letterpress commercial job work anymore. Okay. An occasional job gets through. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, for me, I think it's um, going to be incredibly fun to see how this develops because, uh -huh. as Teresa said, nobody's in charge. There's no hierarchy. We're not telling anybody what to do. But it just like sprang out of the ground full grown. And I, I just, I'm so interested in what's going to occur Me too. in these next two months. <laughs> Me too. That's why I was fascinated, and that's why I decided to have you on this morning. Uh, Judy, you raised your hand. I just wanted to say that I supplement my income with teaching, and I think a lot of us have uh, done that or um, gotten close to doing that, and I find that very um a good way to spread the word and get people interested in book arts, and uh, it's it's fun to teach them about that. So and 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 provide people there. provide people with an opportunity to discover a new passion, perhaps, so, or a new artistic yes. a new artistic activity. That's also also mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I've been doing this series about arts in Mendocino County. It's about the artists, but it's also about the potential and aspiring artists, you know, who might want to connect with you to get into that field. Well, thank you so much, all of you, for being on. Um, so we have we have been listening to a wonderful group of women who are engaged in a pro in the project called BAM, and. Uh, and we've been talking with Azita Borstich, uh, Judith, Judith Detrick, Felicia Rice, and Teresa Whitehill. Thank you so much. Um, again, uh, if you, um, you want to just do the tiny URL one more time, Teresa? Sure. Mm -hmm. It's tinyurl.com forward slash BAM hyphen 2022. Great. All right. Thank you so much for being on Wild Oak Living this morning. And Thanks for having us on, Johanna. And, uh, Thank you, Johanna. You're, you're welcome. I'm trying to figure out. I'm okay. okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Um, I'm expecting my second guest to join us uh, any second, uh, Juliana Sanchez from the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund, to talk to us about... The, the work of the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund in Mendocino County. Uh, she's currently not on here yet. So I'm going to take this opportunity, first of all, to remind you 
that you are listening to KZYX here on Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. And the program that you are listening to right now is Wild Oak Living. And um, this program is all about sustainable living and building community in Mendocino County and beyond. Today we were talking about uh, the artist project BAM, Book Arts Mendocino, and uh, hopefully if Juliana joins us in a moment, we're going to be talking about the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund and the work that they do to support children and family and families uh, all year long, but especially during this uh, period of that's impacted both by the pandemic and of course also by the season you know when winter is always a hard a hard season a difficult season for people who are not appropriately housed and and who are not appropriately clothed and appropriately fed and this is all uh work that the mendocino coast children's fund and so many other organizations in our county do all year long uh, and that's why, especially during this season, but pretty much all year long, I try to direct attention to the fact that there are wonderful people in our county, so many wonderful people in our county, who have taken it upon themselves to um, make the lives of others around them uh, better than they would be if they weren't engaged in doing that. Uh, and so many people are doing that without getting paid and, and without, you know, uh, having... With, with everything, with all the fun, funds and donations that they raise going directly to the people in need. Um, and, uh, the Mendocino Coast Children's Funds is one of the organizations, um, but, but there are many, many other organizations that, um, that I've either featured on this program or that, uh, you know, that are, that are, uh, active in our county. And I just want to encourage everyone to reach out to, you know, you can reach out directly if you see if you see a need. Yesterday, I, I read a really touching email on one of the local listservs about a woman, you know, who lives on the coast, and she has she has seen this person walking by her house every morning who appears to not be housed and and who was wearing you know clothes that that uh, weren't keeping that person warm enough for the season and for the rain, and she's reaching out to get this person a rain jacket. And I was just really touched by that because it reminded me how, you know, we don't have to do huge things. We can just each do one little thing and it will add up to so many, you know, it will add up to so much good uh, if, if each of us just looks around and, and tries to figure out what can I do in my, in my immediate environment, um, that, uh, that would make a difference. And it doesn't have to make a huge difference. It could make a small difference. You know, there are organizations, for example, the Community Foundation of Mendocino County and other organizations that are, that are supported by donations. And even a $5 donation can make a huge difference. And especially a $5 a month donation, you know, if, if that's in somebody's budget can make a huge difference, um, for organizations. And speaking of organizations, one of the organizations in our county here, that helps get the word out about the good that's happening in our county and about the organizations that are doing so much good in the county is KZYX. Uh, it's one of the reasons I, I have been doing my show for so many years is because it's such a great opportunity to talk about people doing good and people doing, people offering solutions and people making a difference in our county. That's why I do this program. 
And I just want to encourage you to also consider KGYX in what you're, you know, in your sort of year-end gift giving. I know a lot of us are, are, um, you know, are making donations and, and have, have, you know, and, and, and are able to do tax and deductible donations. And the end of the year is kind of that period when you decide what else, you know, what else you can do to donate before the end of the year for, for this year's taxes. And so this is a good time to think about what the organizations and that you want to support with your tax deductible to donation this year. And KZYX is one of those. And especially right now, you know, we are just now starting to remodel the building that we uh, purchased in Ukiah that will be the new KZYX headquarters um, and the new KZYX Ukiah studio sometime next year, hopefully. And uh, right now they are starting to remodel and it's going to take a lot of help and a lot of money to make this happen. It's been a dream of so many people to be able to move the KZYX and Z headquarters. I, you know, it's like a, a big word, but you know, basically the main, the main studio and the, and the offices of KZYX to Ukiah, to the center of our county to provide so much more access for people who want to come in and do programs or who want to come in and do interviews or who want to somehow engage and cooperate with with Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. It's a, such a great opportunity and it's a dream come true for so many people who've worked so hard for so many years to make this happen. And now we rely on our community to support us in actually, you know, taking that next step. We have the building. We're starting to remodel it. A lot of equipment will have to be moved into that and a lot of work will need to be done. So if you have some, some money left in your 2021 donation budget, or if, you know, if you have some, some, some funds available, that this would be a really good uh, time to donate to KZWAX. And you can go to kzwax.org and um, donate uh, using the red donate button there, or you can contact our general manager at the radio station, uh, Marty at kzyx.org, M-A-R-T-Y dot kzyx, uh, at Marty at kzyx.org. If you want to talk, you know, about, about making a donation or, 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 you know, maybe you want to go even one step bigger and make an endowment that benefits kzyx. Um, all of that supports the kind of radio that, uh, community radio that KZYX brings to our community. And you've probably guessed by now that, yes, I am uh, making up for the fact that my second guest uh, is not yet, does not yet appear to be available, is not dialed in to the Zoom calls for us to do our interview. I'm really sorry about that because I was really looking forward to sharing information about the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund with you and about the work that they're doing and about the need that they're seeing in our community from, you know, especially families who are, who may have been impacted job-wise and income-wise by the pandemic. So I just want to encourage everyone, you know, reach out, reach out to the organizations and the people around you um, to, to do what you can to make especially this this uh, holiday season a bit easier and a bit more joyful and a bit more comfortable for the people around you. All right, I think I'm going to shift gears because it looks like uh, we won't be getting uh, 
we won't be doing the interview about the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. So I'm going to just shift gears and I'm going to just open up the phone lines. And I would like to invite you to call in, particularly with suggestions uh, on what you're doing and what we can do to support the community around us. And maybe also if you have suggestions for local gift giving or for, for just making a difference in the lives of others during this holiday season. I'd like to focus on that rather than having just sort of a general call in. But, um, you know, what we, what can we do to build and sustain community, uh, in general, but especially during this holiday season? If you have some thoughts on that, you can give us a call here in the studio. The telephone number is 707-895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. If you have some suggestions or if somebody has done some good for you and you want to just talk about how that made you feel and how it's made a difference, in your life, uh, that would also be very welcome. I'm 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 particularly interested in in talking about how we can um, how we can reach out and make a difference. Uh, and by the way, this doesn't have to be limited to our own community. Although I was thinking this morning, you know, about the uh, many many people in Kentucky and surrounding states that were impacted by the tornado, by the tornadoes, multiple. Um, Nine days before Christmas, or you know, two weeks before Christmas, um, and I and I heard in the interview about how, you know, especially the children who are now not getting now not getting their Christmas gifts because they got blown away by the tornado, and how people are getting together to make sure that kids at least get some Christmas presents uh, during this holiday season, um, and you know that of course is is also a, a wonderful way to make an to make a difference. I understand. I don't know. Specifically, um, the, um, the details, but my understanding is that there's always toy drives and food drives also around the holidays. Um, and so I don't know to what extent that is actually happening this year, but if you want to look around for that, that would also be another, another way to engage. And, and to contribute, you know, contribute, uh, uh, the funds or contribute a, a, a new gift. I know that there are people who are making that kind of thing happening. Um, I, and if you have, if you are listening to us right now and you have information about, you know, any of these things, toy drives, food drives, uh, other events, uh, food, food banks, food banks is another, another place to look for, for making donations and, um, and helping out, especially during the holidays. Uh, they're all, they're always looking for, you know, for, for help. And they make a huge difference in, in our community in feeding the hungry. So think about, think about the food banks, um, in your, in your local giving. So if you, if anybody is currently listening who is doing something, along those lines around the holidays and who needs some help or who wants to get the word out, this would be a great opportunity. Give us a call right now at 707-895-2448 and you can get the word out here on Wild Oak Living to a what I'm hoping is a fairly substantial audience listening. Um, so this is the way that you can connect with your community. So this is another opportunity right now for you to call in and connect with our opportunity, take this opportunity to connect with our community and get the word out about something that you're doing or something that you are aware of where people can engage and make a difference. I was so um, impressed by 
what I heard about the, uh, the, the book art Mendocino project and the fact that it's basically self-organized. And, you know, it, that reminded me that, you know, we, we don't have to wait until somebody comes along and says, you know, I'm doing this. Do you want to help me? Although that is also a nice, a nice way to connect with organizations. But each of us can just simply, you know, go out and do something. And in so doing, you will probably automatically connect with like-minded people who are interested in doing the same thing. And before you know it, you know, uh, a project is born or a nonprofit is born or a community uh, effort is underway. Um, so, you know, for those of us who don't have the bandwidth or the energy um, to start our own thing, con connecting with others who are already doing something and helping them out is a great thing. And for those of us who want to do a little bit more, you know, you could you could start your own your own effort to support the community and to help the community. I also want to share with you, uh, by the way, just let me tell you, you are listening to Wild Oak Living. This is Johanna Wild Oak, and you are listening to KZYX, KZYZ, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. This is listener-supported radio, and you can learn more about us uh, and also make donations and, and help keep this community radio station going forward by going to kzyx.org. On that website, kzyx.org, you can find uh, a way to become a member or make a donation. You can also uh, look at our local uh, news. There's lots of local news articles there. There's information about the radio station, the board of directors. That's another way to engage with KZYX is to consider going to board meetings and sharing your thoughts. Uh, also, be maybe running for the board when I, I know that that's coming up again. I think at the end of this year, uh, new board members are going to be solicited. And uh, those are all ways of engaging in the community and making a difference. And I, I want to let you know that going forward, I'm planning to do a series of programs here on Wild Oak Living that have to do with community resilience uh, and how, you know, how we survive this and deal with and thrive in this situation where we have ongoing, pretty much ongoing, quote unquote, emergencies of, of various kinds. Um, you know, the pandemic is sort of the undercurrent, uh, you know, the f wildfires, climate crisis, etc. And we do have a call. So let's see what this caller has to say. Okay, let me see. Hello, caller. You're live on Wild Oak Living. Hello, caller. Hmm. Let me see. I'm oh, somewhat caller, familiar with caller, that. caller, caller. Can you start? Can you start over? Because I just turned your audio off. And please turn okay. your radio off. It's off. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I I wanted to call in and uh, encourage people to support the Children's Fund. I've, for a number of years, I've given them money, and I'm somewhat familiar with, with their history and the things they do. And what I know is that I think it was Bobby Markles way, way back who was concerned about children in the area, and then a, a very noble woman by the name of Gloria Liner uh, took it on and built up the Children's Fund. To, and it's a, a charitable organization that really focuses on providing basic needs for children in our communities. 
And one of the things that I really like about them is that they they keep their overhead costs to a minimum. Gloria, for years, did all her work without a salary. And, you know, all too often, charitable organizations are really kind of a a jobs program for a bureaucracy that eats up a lot of the money and doesn't get to the need, but that's not the case with the Children's Fund. And they do wonderful things, you know. There's a lot of a focus on is on education. I'm a retired teacher, and I taught mathematics, and there were times when uh, I had students who didn't have a calculator, for example, and you can't, you can't do math with exponential functions without a calculator, and there was no problem. I just went to the Children's Fund, and they bought them a calculator and they do certain things for underprivileged kids you know my grandkids they get to go to summer camp because i pay for it but there are people in our community who can't do that and so the children's fund will send kids to a summer camp and these are wonderful enrichment activities for young people i know back in the pandemic they uh, you know there are kids in our community who depend upon a school lunch in order to get enough food and when when the schools weren't serving those lunches, the Children's Fund stepped in and they started providing lunches to kids who needed good food. So they do wonderful things, and I would just like to encourage people in our community to support them. I'm sure they do much more than I'm aware of, but those are a few things that I know about. And I also know they help clothe kids and provide diapers and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. The real basic needs, that's their focus. Um, and let's let's uh, get the, uh, the the website and maybe the email contact out for people who want to help with the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. Yeah, I don't have it. You'll have to provide that for them. I've had my say. Thank you very much for doing the show. Thank you for calling in. Sure thing. Okay, Bye-bye. I'm going to do this from memory because because I I I don't have access right now, but. Um, I think the website for the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund is mccf.info, if I remember correctly. But if you put Mendocino Coast Children's Fund in your search engine, um, you'll be able to pull them up. And I think the email is mccf at mcn.org, if I remember correctly. I'm trying to pull that one up on my phone right now so that I can confirm that. Um, But thank you so much for that person calling in. Um, to, to, you know, to reiterate what's, yeah, mccf dot m, at mccf at mcn.org is the email. And I think the, the website is mccf.info if you want to support the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. And thanks to the caller for outlining, you know, the many different things that that organization does and that many other organizations also do that make a difference. I mentioned the Community Foundation of Mendocino County. They have many programs, and one of the things that impresses me about their work is is that they they help the work of other nonprofits by giving making donations to other nonprofits and individuals, of course, as well, but uh, to other nonprofits so that, for example, during the pandemic, they were able to keep um, nonprofits were able to keep their work going through Zoom. They paid for their Zoom fees and things, so. The, the Community Foundation of Mendocino County does a lot to make the work, to help the work of other nonprofits in the county. And uh, that's another, another place to direct your, your gift giving attention, end of year gift giving attention. And their website is communityfound.org. 
O-R-G, communityfound.org, F-O-U-N-D, communityfound.org. You know, by giving to them, you end up giving to our entire community because they do so many things to support organizations and other and and individuals here in our community and to help uh, uh, non-profits and and projects that help people get off the ground and, and get going and to keep running, you know, even if they run into difficulties. So, um, let's see. Let's see if there's any more callers here. Nope, looks like that was a call, but it wasn't. So if you want to give us a call, we've got a couple minutes left. It's already 9.54, so we've got time for maybe one, maybe two calls uh, to talk about what are you doing to to support the community and to support your neighbors and uh, during this time of the year, uh, or if you have suggestions for gift giving, if you have organizations that you support or that, that are doing something that you support that you want other people to encourage them to give support to as well, this would be one possibility. All right, and we do have another call. Hello, caller. You're live on Well Day Living. Hi. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank you for mentioning about people not covering their noses at the first of the program. Yes. Thank you. I. That's. It's very irritating. <laughs> I want to yell at them. <laughs> uh, and the second thing is the question: Do you know um, of any way, like addresses or groups, to? Um, contribute to the people that have lost everything in the tornadoes in the south have you heard of any uh fund drives for them you know i don't have specific uh uh online resources or, or websites um but um i know i know that the the state of of kentucky has has put on a, a fundraiser that people are contributing to so i think maybe if you google uh you know state of kentucky fundraising hurricane or something like that something along those lines and also usually the the main the, the big newspapers have have resources like that too i know for example that on the new york times website there are some links uh, that you can that you can go to uh, for for gift giving or for support. All right. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for thinking about the people in Kentucky and beyond who were impacted. Okay. Great. Bye. Thanks a lot for your show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you to that caller for mentioning again about about the masks. Um, you know, Omicron is coming, and it's so much more contagious than Delta was. Uh, we already know that. And this is not about doing panic or, or getting people all scared. This is simply about, you know, we can do things to protect each other. We can do things to protect ourselves and to protect each other. And one of the most important things you can do to protect yourself and others, besides getting the booster or getting vaccinated and getting the booster, the booster vaccination is to wear appropriate masks, good masks, KN95 masks are widely available now, or surgical masks, and to wear them appropriately. You know, I mean, you might, you might, you might feel like, you know, what, what do I care about the person next to me, you know, and I'm wearing a mask because I'm being forced to wear a mask and I'm, you know, and I don't like covering my nose, so I'm not going to cover my nose. But you know what? If you don't cover your nose, your mask is only half effective and maybe not even effective at all, in my personal opinion. 
although I'm not a doctor or scientist, but you know, if you're going to wear a mask, wear it, wear it appropriately and do wear a mask because it protects you. You know, even if you don't want to, even if you don't care about protecting others, protect yourself by wearing the mask appropriately and by wearing it in a way that keeps you and others around you safe. I don't understand when I ask people kindly and nicely, you know, would you, would you please cover your nose? It protects you and it protects me. Why people get irritated and why people start, you know, um, start arguing. Uh, I mean, it's such a simple thing. Um, you know, even, even if all that drives us is self-interest, that's, that right there is enough of a reason to cover your nose and to wear a mouse, a mask that actually works. So, um, that's the end of my public service message this morning <laughs> regarding mask wearing. Um, you know, just, just to re, again, remind us and to make us all aware that, yes, we would all love for this to have ended already and to be out of it, but we're simply not. That's just a fact. You know, and we let's all help each other to get through this and let's all be kind to each other and patient with each other and 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 spread love rather than arguments and, and rather than attacking each other. You know, I'm not even going to go into what happened at the Ukiah Co-op last Saturday, but it's just all so sad, you know, when instead of helping each other and 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 being good neighbors to each other and good friends and taking care of each other, we attack each other. So let's not do that. Um, it's the season of love, especially right now, and it's the season of love basically all the time. You know, that's that's how we get through this, by caring for each other and by supporting each other. And thank you very much for listening to Wild Oak Living. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.